Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where the people and stories of West Seattle come together in one place. I'm your host, Keith Bacon, and this is our fourth episode. In our last episode, we learned a little bit of history about the Jeanette Williams Memorial Bridge, also known as the High Bridge, which has been closed since March. And since the closure, it's sounding more and more like the bridge is history, with no chance of it reopening until 2021 at the earliest, if ever. This will have a huge impact on our community in many ways. And in talking to different people about it, I've found that not everyone has seen the situation as strictly bad news. In this episode, we talk with West Seattle realtor and resident Jonathan French for his perspective on what's ahead for West Seattle, which in some ways reflects a return to our area's roots. We'll also hear about a project underway from the Southwest Seattle Historical Society focused on documenting these unprecedented times. And we'll check in with Keisha Vaughn for some hot dish. Almost one-fifth of Seattle's total population resides in West Seattle, and until recently there were no signs of that changing or slowing down. With the bridge closure and an uncertain future for our primary connector, what will change about our community? For some perspective from a lifelong West Seattle resident and realtor, we checked in with Jonathan French, managing broker with Windermere Real Estate. So tell me, how has the coronavirus situation impacted the way that you work? Well, it's definitely introduced me to video conferencing a lot more and sort of a crash course in Zoom and coordination with other people. So it's been a big change, definitely, because historically in our industry, everything is face-to-face. Yeah. You know, you're meeting with people. You're meeting at properties where now a lot of it is just online and people are moving a lot slower because everybody has their own ideas and speculations about what's going to happen with a broader economy, obviously, with the viral situation. And then, of course, a little more locally, uh, what's been happening with the West Seattle Bridge closure. And in the immediate or short term, how has the bridge closure changed things for you? I've gotten really busy. Really? Um, Well, just by phone calls, Mm -hmm. people wondering, what should I do? We've, you know, had situations with traffic here before, obviously, with the viaduct. Yeah. And it's it's very similar to when we had the viaduct announcement. Uh, a lot of people thought that the sky was falling, mm-hmm. that property values in West Seattle were just going to plummet. And so should I get out of West Seattle now? Should I put my house on the market? Should I hold out for the long run? Should I stop looking for now? It's literally the exact questions that I was getting at the viaduct. And as you know, with the viaduct situation, in the end, it really didn't impact the values in West Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, property values still went up, and it was definitely a hassle, but we sort of learned to work around it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought the viaduct was going to be a lot worse than it was. And right now, I can understand how people feel that the bridge is going to be the end of days. Yeah. Um, but West Seattle, historically, you know, we're the island over here. We're right. sort of the part of Seattle that's always been the loner. Mm-hmm. And so we, we kind of take pride in that. But at, at the same time, I think just like you asked about how it's changed my business, I think it will have to change a lot of people's business model uh, just because everybody can't feasibly go to work at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. With the current situation. Do you foresee a big impact in terms of West Seattle real estate with the uh, the bridge closure? You know, I'm always an optimist, but I don't see it being a huge impact because, and again, you know, I was born and raised here in West Seattle. So I'm a fourth generation West Seattleite. So obviously I am a little bit biased, (laughs) but West Seattle really is a, a real special place in our city. And so many people that live in West Seattle, when they're selling their house, they're moving to another house in West Seattle. 
So I don't see us having a big influx of people putting houses on the market and moving out. I could definitely see in the short term people thinking twice about moving into West Seattle if they're really, really afraid of the commute. But interestingly, I have some clients that I'm working with right now, and I've worked with them uh, probably about 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and they live on Beacon Hill right now, and they're looking to either move to West Seattle or move over to Bellevue. And reason being, he works in downtown Bellevue. She works in downtown Seattle. Their thinking is still that at the end of the day, a commute on the east side is going to be as long potentially as the new commute could be in West Seattle. They don't have real flexible hours. They've they've thought about it quite a bit, and they're still really interested in West Seattle, even given the fact that we have the bridge situation. How do you think the bridge situation will impact West Seattle as a community? <laughs> That's such a good question. I think that there'll be a lot of positives. Before we had the big bridge, we had the two lower bridges that were kind of similar to the lower bridge right now. Right. And one of the lower bridges was hit by a, by a big barge boat. And so we were down to one lane each way. And that's when I, I was younger, but I remember that's when my dad started riding his bike to work. <laughs> I thought it was so strange that he was riding his bicycle to work. But I think we're going to see a lot more people going online to check out e-bikes. Yeah. Uh, to check out different modes of of transportation. We would take the bus downtown with my grandma as opposed to driving just because it was a lot faster to take the bus when we were down to the one bridge. One great thing that we have now in West Seattle that we didn't have before was such a varietal uh, commercial core. We have great restaurants. We have some great shops. We have a lot over here that really allows us to sort of stay on the island and not have to leave. So that's definitely a bonus for us. And I think hopefully maybe people who haven't necessarily really embraced local in West Seattle will start to. And the other thing that we have now that we didn't before is the water taxi, which I'm exactly. I'm, I'm hopeful that that will really be bumped up in a big way. I mean, we did used to have way, way before the mosquito fleet with all these little boats that, yep. you know, went across Elliott Bay and everything. We kind of joke about the island thing, like, you know, are we leaving the island tonight <laughs> or not? And exactly. Exactly. I think a lot of people are going to start to appreciate what they have in this community. Well, and you made a really good point about the, I always call it the foot ferry. I'm hoping that King County is already proactively looking at either getting another boat, expanding the fleet, so that people coming in and out of West Seattle that will be able to handle it in a fairly effective way. We shall see. We shall see, (laughs) right? We're resilient over here, and we take pride in the adversities. I really appreciate your valuable insights and for talking with me today. And uh, yeah, we're all in this together, so here we go. (laughs) We are, my friend. We're in this together, and I look forward to seeing you in person as soon as everything's lifted. Oh, yeah. That's coming real soon. But we don't know yet if the high bridge is history, but we do know that with or without the bridge, we're living in historic times. We spoke with Michael King, executive director of the Southwest Seattle Historical Society, to learn more about his organization's effort to document these days through personal stories. Tell me about how this project came about. The idea for the COVID-19 Diary Entry Project really emerged out of conversation about how we can actively serve and engage our community despite social distancing regulations. We also recognize that the pandemic is uh, a major historic event on the local and global level. So we want to do everything we possibly can to make a record of this experience for posterity. So in other words, I'd say the idea really comes from a recognition that we're living and shaping history right now, Mm -hmm. and we should 
to do everything we can to record it. And how has the response been so far? Overall, the response has been very good. We received an influx of entries when the initiative was first announced to the public, and we still have contributors that continue to submit entries, some on a daily basis. So the volume of entries has tapered a bit. We're optimistic that we will continue to receive entries throughout the duration of the pandemic, and we do have some promotional efforts planned to encourage further participation. What kind of stories or entries have you been receiving? Have you been noticing any sort of trends or commonalities or themes among them? So we've been fortunate to receive a wide range of responses from individuals many ages and backgrounds. Responses range from describing fear, rage, and anxiety to gratitude for small luxuries that individuals have in their lives, and really just so much in between. We've also received uh, entries that describe the racism that individual contributors have experienced during this pandemic. I'd say in terms of common themes and trends, I've been personally struck by the pervasive influence this pandemic has had on all of our contributors. Though the impact has been subtle for some and and certainly more significant for others, the entire community is enduring this and and affected by this in one way or another. What are you planning to, to do with these entries that you've collected? Will they be shared publicly or archived or both? Yes, we are actively accessioning these entries into our collection for posterity, so they're being archived. Uh, Looking ahead, we hope to share these with the public in an exhibit, publication, or other initiative at a yet-to-be-determined date. And how long do you plan to keep accepting entries and running this project? We will accept entries throughout the duration of the pandemic. Uh, And, of course, that timeline is is a little unclear right Right. now. (laughs) Issue a last call when it seems as though the crisis is behind us. And people can continue to participate by submitting an entry or entries about their experiences by visiting our website, uh, which of course is loghousemuseum.org, or they can visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter account. And how does this project relate overall to the work of the Southwest Seattle Historical Society? This initiative is consistent with our mission, which is to promote local heritage through education, preservation, and advocacy. One of the imperatives we embrace to fulfill this mission is to actively collect and record the history of our contemporary moment. So, for instance, we collect oral histories, and we've also recorded the community's response to major events like 9-11. So this initiative is quite consistent with much of what we're already doing. And it probably goes without saying that this pandemic is a a profoundly significant event. And we uh, hope people will recognize that they're quite literally living and shaping history as we speak. Um, Every member of our community is an agent of historical change whose experiences are significant. So we want to hear from as many people as possible. Uh, Their voices matter, and of course, the Historical Society is listening. That's great. One thing I'd love to add is that the the response has been fantastic, but we'd be thrilled to receive entries from medical workers and other essential employees on the front lines of the pandemic. Certainly, we we recognize we're uh, busy on those front lines, but if, if they'd like to share their experience, again, we are listening. To learn more about the work of the Southwest Seattle Historical Society and participate in the COVID-19 Diaries Project, visit loghousemuseum.org. Now it's time to check in with Keisha Vaughn for some hot dish. How's it going down there? Have you been up in the junction at all? I've not really. I mean, I went up there that day that we saw you guys like Mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Yeah. And it was strange 
driving through. I mean, it's just strange seeing like who is actually walking around. And I think it's definitely getting to this point in it that either people are really holding tight to being like, I'm doing whole 30. I said, I was going to do it. I'm going to finish it. You know? <laughs> and then some people that are just like, I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready to risk it. Like I need to get out. Like I need to go just anywhere and be around people and feel normal. And that's kind of like, I feel like the feeling I got, it was that kind of mix between people who were just there for the purpose of like, I got to get food and get back home. Yeah. And some are like, I need to get out of my skin for a second. Totally. Myself included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't really been going out uh, a whole ton just to run errands here and there. And when I do go out mm -hmm. for like a long walk, it does feel really good. Even if I might suddenly start crying for no reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> just being outside, moving and listening to music is good. But some days I just like, mm, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> you know, and that I feel like giving yourself permission that like every day doesn't have to feel like the previous. There's times I'm like, oh, my God, I'm out. I'm like radio on singing, like realizing I haven't really driven a car in such a long time. And it's like giving me life. Yeah. And then other times, it's like I feel like really anxious, like, oh, my gosh. The enemy is still out there. You know, it's like <laughs> this weird kind of back and forth. And even yesterday, I felt like I woke up and it was gray and I just wanted to give into the gray. I was like, yeah. I'm going to put on this Nina Simone blues album mm -hmm. and I'm going <laughs> to sulk. And, you know, yeah. and it took a second for it to turn around. And, you know, I got me a little meditation, a little sweat. I was just freely dancing, like in my space. And I just felt so much better. And mm. then today I woke up thinking that that could fix it today but today's different yeah you know yeah and i can't expect that on all levels of this that like there's one potion that there's one medicine or there's one way of doing it or you know it's yeah it's just being open to every day it's different you mm -hmm. know yeah the one thing that Corianton and i do have is every weeknight our friend Dave Crane, who's in this band Boat that we love, he does yeah. a boat song of the night and he does it on Instagram live. And it's only, you know, it's like 30 or 40 people that show up and he plays a song and he's had special guests, including us. Well, I don't know if we're special, but we were guests, <laughs> you know, just doing yeah. talking or doing a song or Corey's going to do a cooking demo in a future episode. And it's that's that's the one thing that we have that is normal and occurs on a regular mm -hmm. basis everything yeah. else is just out the window <laughs> and it's having a few things that feel like ritual and routine that make you feel like you have some control over what's happening to you and mm -hmm. your experience and you know, I, I i feel thankful that like these merchers merchants in the junction do have some opportunity to provide that sense of comfort of yeah. things that people have come to know them for and mm -hmm. whether that's just getting your ice cream at husky every tuesday i think people are definitely trying to make sure that those kind of things can be contributing to their sanity mm -hmm. to get through this and it's hard because like i mean even on what day was that easter i went i did i just couldn't cook i was like i can't do it we're going we're getting jacks mm -hmm. we're getting jacks i'm getting steaks we're getting <laughs> macaroni and cheese with the lobster <laughs> and then thinking like oh normally i would like sit and have a glass of wine yeah and, you know it's that waterfall mm -hmm. 
roller coaster of just like this is normal but normally this is what i would do yeah it's not it's and it's normal-ish <laughs> normal-ish you know <laughs> but that's what you have to expect everything that you're experiencing everyone's experiencing on some level and if you are lucky enough privileged to be having an experience that is an emotional roller coaster that does have highs mm -hmm. you know like you totally. gotta grab those when you have them yeah, and I mean, this could be our new normal for who knows how long. So take whatever little glimpses or pieces of normal that you can hobble together and celebrate them and be grateful for them. I know. I was saying, talking to a couple of friends about these workouts and things like that. I've tried a couple of them. And uh -huh. There's this moment where I'm like, I don't want this. I yeah. want to be there. Like, this is actually silly. <laughs> you know, and then other moments I'm like, you got to make friends with this. If you want to sweat and you want to be social, like this is it yeah and i do find that when i do change my mindset to like is actually the new normal of like your child is taking classes on zoom and you're working out on instagram you know, you're drinking a margarita out of like a tupperware container like <laughs> I mean, <it's> just, <laughs> get to know your people because this is who you're going to be living with yeah the thing i miss the most right now besides my friends is mm -hmm. seattle punk rock aerobics which i used to do every thursday night and it was like my church basically <laughs> you should come with me sometime when we get back to it it's super super fun and the woman who leads the the class wendy colton is just a treasure she's so amazing it's a blast i'm here for that <laughs> you must have your hands full with just taking care of your family have you been doing any teaching or anything like that at all like you would normally do i haven't really like i kind of put it out there about doing my dance class mm -hmm. which is easy enough you know you're drinking wine and then you're stretching and then you're you know dancing to some you know ratchet music <laughs> and it's a wonderful combination i'm just still kind of in my head and the ability to be a leader or inspirational is not fully genuine in my heart and i feel like in my experience of watching or participating in other people's classes or things or seeing kind of what they're doing, it's hard for me to grasp that level of disconnect that is not being actually in a room with these people. Mm -hmm. And the part of me in my head that feels like I don't want someone's first experience with me to be, you know, over a phone you know, in a video and feeling like they couldn't hear me or they couldn't see me or right. they didn't get in or those kind of things where I just so overly think about wanting it to be a genuine experience. And yeah. I know I can alter it to be something that's just simple and, and that's really what people want right now is a place to gather yeah and think about the example that you just gave about husky deli you know you, you can't go in there and sit in the window with people eating your ice cream but mm -hmm. you can still go get an ice cream and you can walk down the street with it or take it home and that's enough just anything is great things that bring pleasure or a connection to your community or just something you like <laughs> you know like that's yeah, enough too you know, <laughs> we got like fish and chips the other day and like sat in our house sat at the table across from each other eating it out of like the bag and it did feel like we went out to eat for some reason uh-huh where it's like Keisha, put on your big girl pants and accept the the challenge ahead of you yeah What's it like down on uh, Alki on the beach? The gray weather now has kind of stopped people from coming down here. But when it was like cracking outside, mm -hmm. I would be looking outside and just thinking like, what, what, like, I understand go for a walk. 
but this is a lot of people down here. Yeah. And I'm going to assume this is not all people that, like, live down the street. We've got to be smart about this, people. Like, get your ice cream, sit on the steps, and then get on a bike. Like, just be moving. Yeah. But when you're, like, throwing your blanket out and, like, bonfiring, it's, it's just crazy. Really? Have and people doing... People have you... Have people been bonfiring? Yes. Wow. Yes. For real. But I get it. I mean, I, I want to do it, too. But... I'm not, but like people got to be sneakier, slicker, or something. They're being a little too obvious. I think that's the problem. Well, I think also with the bridge situation, that will curtail uh, a lot of Alki traffic. <laughs> and that's real. I had to deliver food on Monday, and it was on the north end, and I had to go all the way down south. Yeah. And that's for the next two years. At least. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they need to get one of those ferries to like dock at where the water taxi is mm-hmm. and well, then drop you downtown. When they were debating what to do about the viaduct, all the different replacement options, tunnel and stuff, and someone, some architect proposed like a suspension bridge across Elliott Bay that could be done quickly and cheaply. And it would also be like this beautiful thing, you know, sort of like a, a mini Golden Gate Bridge or something. Thing. So hmm. in other times, it would be like, oh, maybe something like that could happen. But in these times, we'll be lucky to get a rowboat. <laughs> <laughs> the ride of your life. <laughs> and that's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and follow Always West Seattle on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.